Welcome back to the Kenny Chester Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to do part two of the religion of woke. Last week, we were not able to finish fully fleshing out this thought. Today, we're going to give it another shot. If you've ever heard me speak in any capacity, you realize that I'm always fighting a losing battle against the clock, and I rarely ever win, henceforth the losing battle. Today, I think I shall conquer it. If you enjoyed last episode, you're going to enjoy this episode. Buckle up. Let's get to work. I don't know. It seems to me that he shouldn't be saying that. Well, what is it that you want him to say? Shut him down. Thank you guys for tuning back in to part two and going to start with a quote today to kind of set us back on our path of what we were talking about in the last episode. And this quote is from one of Christianity's uh, punching bags. Uh, he earned this title um, with a famous three-word declaration. But I believe, and it's not because I'm special uh, that I have this thought, um, but I do believe that he's been uh, misquoted or at least mischaracterized in, in what he was saying. He's been quoted accurately, but I think the gist of what he was saying has been lost in time. And that person is Frederick Nietzsche. And Nietzsche said this uh, concerning God. He says, God is dead. God remains dead, and we have killed him. How shall we comfort ourselves, the murderers of all murderers? What was holiest and mightiest of all that the world has yet owned has bled to death under our knives. So we, we hear this phrase, and when I first was made aware of it, it was probably in the 90s uh, when I was becoming a, a teenager. I heard someone uh, quote this, and you know, almost as if Nietzsche was being defiant and saying, ha ha, look what, look what we did. And most times that I've heard it since, that's the way it's portrayed. And then you, you argue with this, uh, this dead man and his mischaracterized argument. And it wasn't until much later, I think I was listening, it was a podcast, was several years ago I was listening, I think I've referenced it on this podcast before, but it's a podcast called Philosophize This, and it takes you through um, certain philosophers' origins and breaks down some of their greater works into simple um, explanations. And one of the things I learned on that podcast was about Nietzsche, and that that this declaration that he was making was not defiant as much as it was um, a lament that Nietzsche saw basically the future. Some have called him a prophet. We're not saying he was spiritual, obviously, um, but some— some have said he has accurately prophesied or predicted, maybe would be the better word, the 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 mass loss of life uh, of the the twentieth century that he accurately depicted it and 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 or or predicted it in this statement. And so, what is the gist of what he's saying here? He's saying that not not that the metaphysical God, the supernatural God that Christianity holds to, although he's implying that, it's not that he's saying that we we literally killed this God. What he was decrying or uh, lamenting was that the idea of a moral God, of an eternal God that had a moral law for all of us to obey, that idea has been rendered useless. That as society became more secular, that we, you know, if if you remove the God of Christianity, and he's speaking specifically of Christianity, if you remove that God, that belief in God, 
that you cannot do that without pulling the fabric or you know the 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 moral rug out from society's feet so to speak i'm obviously paraphrasing and so when when he when he fills out this quote it says who's you know who will wipe the blood from us what i'm going to continue quoting here what water is there for us to clean ourselves what festivals of atonement what sacred games shall we have to invent is not the greatness of this deed too great for us must we ourselves not become gods simply to appear worthy of it. Again, this is not defiance. This is a lament. He's saying that if we have vanquished the idea of God and we're standing there knives in hand, there's no atonement for us, and we must ourselves become gods just to even be worthy of the, the deed. And again, Many people believe, and you know, and they can make a case this is blasphemous. I think what he was saying was that, and, and, and accurately saying was that without this fundamental belief in an eternal God, that people will have to become more than what they are. And, and, and so we're talking about woke as a religion or the, the religion of woke. And in last episode, I made a very, uh, or I tried, tried to make a good case saying that what what wokeism has done, leftism has done, is taking the worst parts of religion. When man has successfully corrupted religion, they've taken that as central tenets, if not by what they profess, but what they do, something that is a repeated pattern over and over in this cultural revolution that's going on uh, in the West right now. And the reason I want to start with this quote today is basically I'm saying that once you get rid of the idea of God and that morality is a an objective uh, thing that 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 we have moral laws that are universal that doesn't matter the culture that you're in it doesn't matter what you believe that that we have a moral law that applies everywhere that it's it's wrong to do X in every part of the country when you remove that and when you say well these laws are subjective what Nietzsche was saying was well then. We're 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 going to we're going to get to a place to where, and he did. He prophesied, you know, basically. I should say, I keep saying prophesied. Um, you know, he he basically predicted uh, communism, um, genocides of of entire groups of people. Uh, he saw the horrors of the 20th century um, before maybe before maybe before anybody um, because of this idea that God had been. Uh, taken out of the equation. And so getting to where we're at now, and what I started talking about last week is that it's my personal belief that we're not becoming, it's uh, that, that becoming more secular and becoming less religious, I don't, I don't think are mutually exclusive as in, I don't think that both of them have to happen for one of them to happen, or one of them has to happen for the other to have to happen. Um, what I'm saying is that I believe that, that we are becoming more secular as a society, but also they they pursue that with a re- religious fervor that that the the left has it's not that they become less religious they become less christlike they've become less uh moral but they 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 operate like a bunch of religious zealots or fanatics and and the two things that we talked about last time was a blind faith and an unquestionable doctrine which i think is apparent that 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 if you question any tenet of their, you know, their dogma that 
you can be labeled as a heretic and, and thrown, not can be, you're most likely and most assuredly will be labeled as a heretic and thrown out the, the camp. And I think that's a bad corruption of, of religion. I've seen it um, in other religions as well. And the last thing that we mentioned was collective guilt centered on group identity. And this is something that, that, that man has done with religion over, over the years, um, and it's, it's a corruption. It's, and we talked about the Imago Dei and how Christianity is the opposite of that. It's all men are equal. All men are made in the image of God. It's sin that wants to take and, and destroy that, uh, that value to denigrate and to desecrate, but it is the gospel and what the work of Christ that, that redeems us. And, it's, and, and that can be preached anywhere. And so that leads us today to, I want to talk about two more things that I feel like that are uh, corruptions of, of religion that, that wokeism um, has adopted. And one of the things that, 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 I, that, I've, that if you go through the dark ages in the history of the church, you'll see the concept of uh, penance and indulgences. And these things are when you offend that... If you offend a, a point of law, if you offend a point of doctrine, basically if you transgress, then you can pay this fee, basically. If you do this thing, and you, you serve penance, do penance, then, then you can receive forgiveness as if it's dependent on you being able to afford it. Um, or that you could purchase indulgences, which means that that you wouldn't have to live a, a a certain way as long as you gave to the cause, as long as you 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 did your part in X, then you could offend all the Y and Z that you wanted. One of the things that bears this point out, I think, very well is the issue of climate change, in which these zealots, these climate change zealots. Now, listen, I'm not a climate change denier. I, I you could you look at your graphs or whatever, and you could tell that the climate has changes, uh, or has has changed and is changing. Um, I am not a full believer that it's it's all due to the call. Like it's it's man-made. Um, surely there are degrees in which we have tilted the scales, but the what I have read, the research I have seen, um, and maybe somebody can make a great case for me, is that the it's it's a minuscule impact over the overall claim, uh, changing of the climate as it's always been changing since the beginning of time, um, the rise and fall of, of climate change. It's when people, you know, put forth these climate change statistics or whatever, they show you these things and they don't put it in the context of it's always been like this. It's There's always been great uh, heatings and great coolings and a little bit of time, if you're, you're an old earth person, a little bit of time that the humans have uh, lived here it's a minuscule impact, and and then also not only that, the things that you can do to change it or stop it. I haven't seen one study that shows us being able to roll the uh, put the toothpaste back in the tube, so to speak. I don't. I haven't seen one. I really haven't. That that even if they you do everything that they want you to do in the uh, the Paris Climate uh, Accords, that uh, it's going to make a difference uh, in the in the trends of what it is. So I'm not saying that you don't do anything, but this is this is uh, I'm getting off point here. But what I'm what I'm getting at on the the penance and the indulgence issue is that say say climate change is a central uh part of the the uh, of a new religion well 
where where it gets corrupted is that you start selling indulgences to people and saying we don't care how much energy you use energy you use or how big your carbon footprint is as long as you are an evangelist for the cause and I, my, I make my pace with uh, I make my case with the uh, example of one Albert. Gore, I don't know if that's his name, <laughs> maybe Alfred, probably Alfred Gore, um, ex-vice president, um, almost president in 2000 against George W. Uh, Bush, but he became a, a climate um, champion over the years since that election, and it's it's astounding if you have, just Google, you know, you can pull up any anything if you just want to Google Al Gore's footprint. It's insane. He uses like 20 times more energy than the, the average American. I think I saw one thing back when he was at the height of his popularity. Um, he was uh, spending like $30,000 a year just on electricity and, and heat uh, for his home. And but but he was the the leading advocate for you to reduce your carbon footprint when he was uh, increasing his ever the more. So what 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 do you do about that? Well, he he was being able to get away with that because he, basically he was purchasing purchasing indulgences. You know, he was he was he was doing the thing uh, that everybody needed to be done. So he was excused from that. And so they had this idea that you could do carbon credits and, and you could if you gave to the right causes. You could offset your, let's say, let's call it a sin. You trespassed against the climate doctrine, um, and so now you have sinned. What do you do? Do you actually repent and change? No, 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 no. All you have to do is purchase this indulgence, <laughs> and then you're allowed to keep sinning. And so this is a, this is one of those corrupted things uh, in man-made religion that happened in the Dark Ages, where people were would go on their sinful ways, but they would, could give to the right cause and be... Um, uh, you know, have their sins atoned, basically, or have it have it taken care of. And so this is a bad thing that, that religion has offered when it's been corrupted, and I don't see any difference between that and somebody purchasing carbon credits when they're ramping up their, quote-unquote, trespasses against this doctrine. Um, and that's not the only thing that, that that's just the most, in my opinion, the most obvious example. Uh, it didn't work out for a Harvey uh, Weinstein. Let me just say that. Uh, Me Too got him a few years ago when the story started coming out about his uh, sexually abusing all these young actresses in Hollywood. He was the head of a studio, um, and he had abused all these, which, number one, I mean, that right there, go to jail. And he did. He ended, he ended up going to jail for it. But I remember, because he knows he knows the system of indulgences. He, he knows he's, he's familiar with the religion of the left, and he's like, well, I'll tell you what. And so I remember right before uh, he finally went down, when he was still a, very much a public figure, and all these rumors and—, and, and uh, not shouldn't say rumors. I mean, there were rumors at the time, though nothing was proven in, in court at the time. But when these stories started breaking, I remember, uh, maybe you not, might not remember this, but I remember clearly him coming, quote unquote, coming clean, saying that he's seen the error of his ways. And now he's going to uh, take all of his time and energy and resources to fight uh, Donald Trump or whatever it was. I don't, I don't remember if it was climate change or Donald Trump, whatever it was, it was like a, a pet cause of the left. And I remember thinking how sad it was because he really thought that he could purchase that indulgence. Like he could, if he did that, then they're like, oh, okay, well then you can continue to sexually assault people um, or we're not going to punish you, you know, but I mean, he went to jail. Um, and so I guess there's some indulgences depending on if you if you offend multiple points or depending on what um the highest point is that at that point he was going to jail and that had nothing to do with leftism but he thought that he could get he could skate by with the leftists if he could go after trump 
And that is because of a history of indulgences that has uh, existed in that in that new religion on that on that on that side of the aisle over there. Um, the, the last thing I'm going to uh, mention, and once again, you could probably go on and on with these, but the one thing that I would say that I think this is uh, a a cancer on any religion. Um, and um, and it's happened within the church. I'm sure it's happened in Islam. I'm not as familiar with the religion of Islam. I'm sure that other religions um, that that men have any part in, eventually there probably are going is going to be a little corruption. Um, and that's the same with any organization, any uh, you know whether it's corporations, whether if people are involved, there's people have the procliv- uh, the proclivity to corrupt things. Um, and so one thing that, that's happened in the church, it's happened in other religions and it's happening right now. Uh, but again, this, they, they don't, they don't treat it as a, uh, as a glitch. You know, this is actually a feature of this movement. And that is that there's no room for repentance that, that, that I don't maybe, and maybe I'm wrong, but there might be some rare exceptions, but maybe they're, they're probably the exceptions and not the rules that when you violate there's no forgiveness, and there, it's just condemnation. Like most good religions, if you violate a a principle or a tenet of that religion, there's there's conviction. There's a thing. There's an element that says, "Oh man, I messed up," but conviction will lead you to change, lead you and give you hope and say, "Okay, you've you've done wrong." Okay, you, you know, you missed the mark. We talked about that a few uh, episodes ago. You've sinned. You've missed the mark. You didn't do what you should have done. And, you know, what What now? Well, conviction says, well, come get it right. Condemnation says, there's no hope for you. And I see a lot of this on the left, and it's it's unbelievable when, when someone um, that, that violates, let's say, you know, a point, let's say, you know, um, a point of, of some racial, um, issue. We talked about this um, on the on the last, uh, I think, two podcasts ago about nuance. When we said, okay, you know, they're they're throwing people out for um, videos that that they made when they were kids, throwing people out for mentioning words, not even using words, and so you know, where's the growth? And this is something that's kind of taken off. I don't know if anybody had seen any, uh, there's a video circulating right now. Just like, la- I think it was last week, maybe earlier this week of Sarah Silverman saying like, I'm, I'm ashamed to be a Democrat right now because we have no room for growth. You know, we, we call ourselves progressives, but where's the progress? If, if somebody cannot progress beyond a bad belief, and this has actually been a theme in, in uh, the podcast here, um, is that when we talked about uh, how censorship is ruining society, is like, man, people have to be afforded a little room to have bad ideas and, and say bad things in order to um, see the right thing, say the right thing, and, and see the right thing, you know, that we need that area of grace. Uh, and I see no grace over there. I see, you know, no forgiveness. Uh, th- th- there's, a, there's a cancel culture that exists over there, um, and they, they want people— you know the the idea of of canceling is is just so uh, me it, it like it, it, as far as like what I look at it if just my words uh, it's it's abhorrent to me because maybe it's because I've been in ministry so long that I I've never seen uh, a reason to cancel somebody I've never I know we've had to take steps to remove certain uh, people's influence um, within you know a body. You know, and say, but you never say you can. You're, you're out of church. You can never come to the altar. There's no place of repentance for you. Um, 
that that but you know this is something in that movie they just they cancel people you know that as, as if they don't exist anymore you know we don't want to mention their name we don't want to mention their accomplishments i mean if if a founding father got it wrong on, on and on an issue it don't matter how much they got right if you get that one thing wrong then you know we're going to uh cancel you we're going to pull down your statue we're going to rename your school and I just think that's that's just in my opinion. I think it's wicked. And another thing that comes with this right now, and if you're paying attention, um, if you're if you're not a, a student of history, you 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 might be surprised to learn of some of these other cultural revolutions that have happened uh, in other countries. Um, but I would recommend that you get on YouTube and you watch any documentary that that has footage from this happening. I want you to to search out and and look for the struggle sessions um, in the Chinese uh, revolution, the the Mao revolution. There, there was a thing called the Red Guard. I want to say it's the Red Guard. Maybe I'm getting that wrong. But the idea was to get rid of everything old. And I, I should have made uh, some show notes where I could go through this. But it was like old. Uh, I don't even want to. I'll mess it up. But just look up and find something like that. I remember reading about it and seeing things on it where they had there was four olds that they wanted to get rid of, and and they so Mao was this apparently like this cult of personality type. Maybe 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 I'm getting that wrong. Um, but he he rose to prominence and basically he got a one generation to despise everything that made the last generation what they were. And they had this cultural revolution, and there was a there was a thing that happened over there called the struggle sessions. And if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see I'll every now and then I'll reference you know uh, our struggle section, uh, our, our struggle sessions here in the United States. Uh, and basically, what I'm meaning by that is there um, they they have found basically a traitor to the new movement. They have found uh, a sinner to the new doctrine that you know somebody who's trespassed greatly either. Currently, or they've dug up an old tweet, dug up an old uh, paper that they wrote when they were in college, and I'm not even saying it like that. It's like I'm I'm not saying that like it's even like a racist word that they've used. I'm saying it's like a bad idea, um, something that Orwell would call wrong think. They just thought they thought the wrong thing, and so we've got these thought police that are policing that if if you have the wrong thought, there. And so what 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 happened in the struggle section? Well, they when they identified these people, they would they would parade them through the streets. And you look at these videos, and it's, it's some of the most stomach-turning imagery that you'll ever see. Is you'll have these older Chinese men, women. It, it was no, they were no respecting of genders. They would have their head shaved, shorn. This is something that has is, is been uh, historically um, a feature when somebody would shame another person, or a person would be being shamed. They would shave their head, and they would march them through the street. And you watch these videos, and 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 they would have this this elder. With his head shaved, or the, this elder woman with her her head shaved, and that basically sometimes they'd have a sign that they were holding. You know, you I couldn't read it; It'd be some Chinese characters. Uh, uh, you know, the Chinese alphabet. You know, I don't, I'm not familiar, but they'll have some. You know, probably listing of their sin, what they were uh, guilty of, and they'd be paraded through the streets, um, carrying wounds. Like you could tell that they've been beaten um, by a crowd, most likely, and and then you see all these young people that are in the crowd that are cheering this act 
and jeering at the people that that are being shamed. I mean, they literally have like bandstands and like where where people are, you know, it's a, it's a big public event, and it was called the struggle sessions. And I see this right now, um, and it's it's right now it's happening digitally. Um, there, there, you know, I, I don't, I would not be surprised if we had some of this publicly. Uh, but actually there was kind of one of these things that happened. I don't know if you remember this summer during, um, all the riots that we were having, there was a, um, who was the young mayor? It might've been the Minneapolis mayor. I can't remember his name. Some, he was good looking, young, handsome, but he was woke, but he wasn't woke enough. And the crowd demanded that he would commit at the rally to defund the police. Uh, and uh, that's um, and so when he would not at the rally commit to doing that, they booed and jeered him and shouted at I want to say they shouted shame uh, and probably some expletives. I can't remember exactly, but I remember the walk that he had to make. This is the elected mayor of the city. Um, was, and it was a struggle session, exactly what it was. Um, and you, you, you were not convinced me that if these people were allowed to do this, where they wouldn't be arrested, that they wouldn't be doing this right now with, with people that they feel that are, um, heretics or offending of their, their, their religion. And so right now it's happening mainly on the, on the, on the digital, uh, space where people are being canceled and then there's public shamings. Um, and we're, we're right in the middle of this, this new, uh, struggle session. And I just, I, I, it makes, it makes me sick to my stomach. And I'm not saying I'm sick at the stomach of these people. It's this ideology that has taken root. And, uh, you know, it's like, it'd be like, it'd be like a family member that got involved in a cult and you love the family member, obviously, but you, you're just so torn up and, and conflicted on the inside because you love the person. I love this generation that's coming up, and that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast, because I love this generation so much. I've spent so many hours uh, and years of my life trying my best to influence uh, positively, you know, positive impact on on the next generation, um, that I see a lot of them kind of, some of them flirting with the ideology, some of them full-fledged ideologues at this point, uh, some of them not really seeing the harm in it. And so you look at that and you say, man, you know, in those crowds, I'm sure that there were family members in those crowds of the people that were being shamed. And, you know, you think, man, you know, what a, what a terrible ordeal, you know, for everybody involved, obviously the people that are being shamed, but man, those, those family members that are having to watch it and maybe they've been caught up in it. And so I just, I, I, I don't see any chance for growth there. Um, I feel like shame and condemnation is being tools that used to, um, bludgeon someone into right think, if you think wrong, you know, we're going to shame you. We're going to intimidate you. Uh, and if we have to, we're going to do a call for the mob and, uh, and until you get back in line. Um, and then and the, and another furthering that point, one thing that I think is, is maybe the worst element of that is, is that when they get the scalp, when they get the person and you see this happen over and over and over, that forgiveness is, is, is never enough, like, or, or never offered, I should say. An apology is never enough. Um, there was a, it was a weird uh, case with Drew Brees. I think it was last year, in which <laughs> Drew Brees, all I think what he got in trouble for 
was he said that his grandparents or he had a grandfather or somebody that had fought in the war. And so he didn't want to kneel for the national anthem. He wanted to stand. He felt like, you know, with his grandfather, you know, serving like he did, that he felt like, you know, he needed as a as an individual, as somebody in that family lineage to stand for the the national anthem. And he he offended woke ideology and they went after him. And I I want to say it, it was three apologies that he had to make because the first one got him in trouble. The second one wasn't enough. And, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was just two or three. Remember his wife started saying he's sorry. You know, it was just unbelievable. It's like, okay, number one, he didn't, he didn't say anything wrong in my opinion. You know, he wasn't even saying that. I think, I don't even think he said that he disagreed with the people kneeling. He's saying, personally, I can't kneel. I want to stand, you know, to honor the service of my grandfather. And it's not, it's, it should not be a radical position in this day and age. It is a radical position, but I, what, that, that's not the point. We're not arguing that point. What we're arguing is that even after he said he was sorry, that it wasn't enough, that it was not enough. He had to apologize again and again. And, and what that's doing is, it's emboldening some of the worst offenders. I'm saying there's there's people that that are just like or there's people that are wrong on both sides of all these issues. You know, we're not saying that one side has it right, but what we're saying is when you or say like you you do something wrong, you actually say something wrong. Um, you use a a, a, the, a wrong way to describe something, and you apologize. Then if there's no forgiveness offered for that, then what you do is you you de incentivize apologies. And so what, 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 you know, one of the mantras right now on the right is never say you're sorry. And I think that's, that's bad. You know, there are things that we should apologize for as humans. I'm not saying as, as Republicans, cause I'm not a Republican, you know, as, as just people, there are things that you should absolutely apologize for. But if we get to a point in society where you de decentivize apologies that, you know, there's no, then, then we just get further and further entrenched in our own, um, ideology and i just think it's a bad thing man we're at the 29 minute mark i hope that uh i think i got it all out i think i i i i, I think i win against the clock today all my people out there listening let's sound the alarm bells um or then let the alarm bells <laughs> something wrong with kenny it's a no sound the celebratory bells um but thank you for listening and hopefully we'll uh, get you back on the next episode god bless You've been listening to the Kenny Chester Podcast. Please consider subscribing and leaving a review. 